Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Deandre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm super excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, you already know the vibes, okay? Hey, girl, hey. Hey, boy, hey. What's poppin'? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of Your Fave. My loves, we have another guest episode today, and I'm super excited for this one because we are chatting all things travel, workations, how to balance full-time work with traveling at the same time. And I feel like for anyone out there who's interested in either solo traveling or perhaps traveling while working remotely, learning how to use your PTO days to really go the distance when it comes to adding to like your travel life and your travel lifestyle, this episode is going to be perfect for you. So my loves, we're going to keep the intro super short today. I would love for y'all to grab your favorite beverage of choice. I'm grabbing some water because I, my loves, I'm staying super hydrated these days. I have some sushi on the way for my lunch. I'm super excited. It's been one of those like super packed work days where I've looked up and all of a sudden it's like three o'clock. I have not eaten my lunch yet. And I'm like, let me go ahead and order some sushi because do I feel like going to the grocery store right now? I do not. And you know what? It's my birthday week. So I'm going to just like let myself enjoy the joys of ordering from my favorite sushi place on Uber Eats and like have that be the vibe for today. So grab your favorite beverage of choice or your beverage of choice for today. Grab yourself a little snack, you know, maybe a little bit of lunch. Are we having lunch together? I hope so. Love that for us. And let me introduce the guest to you before we dive into today's episode. So I'm chatting with Rachel of Rachel Off Duty. If you are familiar with workations, if you are familiar with like the travel and working remote industry, any of that stuff, you have definitely heard of Rachel. She has been dubbed the workcation queen. And honestly, the name just suits her so perfectly. When you hear her story, when you hear about all the amazing things that she's done in her time, just full-time working and traveling, you are going to be so amazed and you are going to just really understand why she's earned that name of workcation queen. Rachel is a career and travel expert. She is the self-appointed workcation queen and the founder behind Rachel Off Duty, a website for ambitious women looking to live more adventurous lives. Employed full-time and having done all of the above, so the commute, the office cubicle, and now the remote work, on top of traveling multiple times a year, Rachel aims to showcase the possibilities and challenges of a travel-focused lifestyle. Rachel works as an account director and travel consultant in the advertising space, advising on content strategy for travel, food and drink, finance, and hospitality brands. She has spoken at ESO, eTour, Lessons from Abroad and WIT, which is a conference that we're going to be at together next week in Puerto Rico, all about working with brands, building travel-friendly careers, and telling better stories. I'm just super excited for this conversation. And like I said, for anyone who has ever been interested in solo travel, and maybe you identify as a woman and, you know, it makes you a little bit nervous to think about solo traveling. You're thinking about all of the different fears that you have and all of the different apprehension that you have around solo traveling. This episode, 
I really do think will put your mind at ease. So like I said earlier, grab yourself that beverage, grab yourself that snack, and let's go ahead and dive into today's conversation with Rachel from Rachel Off Duty. Hi, Rachel. Happy Wednesday. Hi, happy Wednesday. It's so good to see you virtually. I know. So good to see you. Very excited to see you in person next week as we get to connect again. Well, I'm super excited to have you here on Manifest Daily. And I know this is going to be such a good episode for anyone who is interested in traveling, solo traveling, workations. We get into all of that in this episode. But before we dive into that, can you give me like a little bit of an intro? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what brought you into this work. Yeah, of course. So it's like, it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of like reflecting on where I am because the reason we're seeing each other next week is for a blogging conference. And uh, I'm speaking at that conference. So I was thinking really hard about this journey like last week. Um, So long story short, um, I'm a marketing and advertising specialist. Um, I'm a travel expert and I'm a content creator and blogger. Um, so it's a lot of different things, definitely embracing the like multi-hyphenate uh, mindset. My nine to five uh, has me working in an advertising tech company and I'm an account director there. So basically I'm in sales um, and my clients are mostly tourism, which has been really awesome. We can talk a little bit more about like that journey to like that um, if you want, but like many years in the making to sort of get to that. I thought like, you know, when I graduated college, I was going to be working in fashion marketing. Like that was my big track. Like I was inter, I was interning at BCBG. Like my first job was in menswear. That's how I met my boyfriend. Like I, I thought that it was all kind of like going in that direction. Um, but I like, you know, I got another job. I wanted new opportunities. Um, and I kind of just like fell into sales and advertising kind of by a happy accident. You know, one of those things where if you look back, it all makes sense. Um, But at the time I was looking for a raise and I was looking for more flexibility in my life. Right. And uh, I started blogging around the same time as getting a new job and like slowly realizing that I needed to kind of brand myself separately from like the expectations of like, you know, graduate from college, like get a job immediately, like no time off, like corporate America is great. Right. Um, and I started blogging to kind of recenter myself in that and find my own career path, even if it wasn't like necessarily what you're told when you graduate college, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I love that you and I are in similar boats and we've had this discussion before, right? Of like balancing a bunch of different things, right? So you have your full-time nine to five, you have blogging, which is a full-time job in and of itself, right? Like you're literally creating all of this content, you're traveling to get all this content and it is a lot of balance. I really do want to tap into the nine to five piece before we dive into all of the other amazing things that you do. So for anyone that's like interested in maybe working in marketing, marketing, or advertising um, specifically within the travel industry or like working with some of these tourism boards that you mentioned, what does that look like, like your journey to getting to where you are today? Yeah, so I actually studied public relations and advertising in college, which was another happy accident. I started in international business and I took my first econ class and I think I walked out in like 30 minutes. I was like this, I was like, this shit is not for me, maybe I should have given it like two classes before I made like such a decision. Um, but I, you know, 
I, I started uh, studying communications as like a sort of like segue major to, to figuring out my life. And I graduated in public relations, advertising and communications. Um, I think like generation and the generations coming after us are, are set up so well for a marketing focused career um, because we're so we're so dialed into social media. We're so dialed in the into the way that people communicate with each other online. And that's so valuable to brands, right? Because brands have this corporate mindset, right? And they need people like yourself, like me, to sort of humanize that and add a voice to it. And that's what marketing is, right? How do you take like an entity, like a brand that's not a person and turn it into something that's relatable that you can trust, um, that you that you can relate to and be loyal to and like be like, yeah, whenever I need a new X, I'm gonna buy it from Y because that's my company. Right. And in a nutshell, that's what it is. And so I think like to answer your question, like how to get into it, knowing that you have sort of that like innate understanding of how to do that is one thing. Right. Um, also, like being really dialed into the brands that, you know, do it well, like have a have a top three, have a top five, really study why you think that that brand is relating to you in the right way. And, um, you know, like tune into that like go to go to networking events like even if you don't have the experience you can you can speak to a lot of it because you as a consumer like know what's up right um and i fell into it that way so that's kind of how i got my start in marketing in the, in the menswear world yeah and then you've sort of built on that experience over time in order to get to where you are today so you're saying like as long as you have you know those skills and you kind of practice and hone in on those skills then you can sort of go into pretty much any industry, because it's all kind of the same thing at the end of the day, right? If we're talking about marketing across different industries, like, again, it's the same thing. We're talking about making a brand more personable. We're talking about um, learning how to message a certain product or a certain service to specific individuals. Like, who is the audience? How do we speak to them? How do we get them to convert? Like, all of those things. So for you, it's just this journey of, like, building on those skills and then kind of ending up in the, the role that you are in today, right? Yeah. And also like raising your hand for any and everything, even if you don't know what the hell like you're doing yet. I was raising my hands for conferences when I was 22. You know, I was organizing influencer meetups when I was like 21. I was managing interns when I was 20. And like, I was not qualified for that. But I worked for a small company, I raised my hand. And like what I didn't know, I learned along the way through failing upward right and like that's a huge thing like i mean ed like studying it can only get you so far you have to kind of like just throw your hat in the ring and like see where your own creativity takes you like that's kind of what got me not from or you know from my first job to my second and third um just kind of like using my own trust in my skill set to say hey i don't know everything about this company but i know how to write and i know social media and I know like brand voice, like, so I can help right now. I work with, I, I must have like 20 or 30 clients, right? Most of them are in travel, but I also have finance clients. I have health clients and like, it's interesting to be able to now say I can speak all of those languages. Right. 
Yeah. No, I love that. And I love like where your journey has taken you and just kind of hearing about that progress that you've made, you know, even in your earlier years, like being able to say, okay, I don't know this thing, but I'm willing to at least like dive in and get scrappy and learn. I think a lot of people have this fear of like, you know, not being the expert, but it's like in order to become the expert, you have to be the beginner. You have to be the person that knows nothing. And then you have to be the person that's willing to learn. And I think that speaks a lot to someone's character and their, you know, I guess like their ability to be successful. And, you know, I guess like these traditional definitions of success than someone who's like, I know it all and I'm only going to do it because I know it all. It's like everyone's a beginner at some point in time. So, so yeah, I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, it's um it's really quick. It's like one of the things that I'm realizing is that there everyone thinks that it's like so daunting to kind of raise your hand and do all of those things, right? Like they think that the ceiling is so high. What I'm learning is that it only takes a couple of first steps for people to start calling you an expert. It only takes a couple. It could be as simple as updating your LinkedIn and updating your social media and calling yourself X. People are going to be like, oh shit, she's X. A specialist of this, of that. <laughs> like you, you give yourself the title, but it's like, it really is just like stepping into that role in that position and knowing that you deserve to be there. And again, then we get into the conversation of, you know, imposter syndrome and all these other things, but it really, it does have to start with like you at the core. Right. Right. And imposter syndrome never really goes away, at least in my experience. But but like you I mean, you gotta like you gotta play into it a little bit, like trust yourself, like own it, claim it, and then like vocalize it. And then like the rest come as long as you as long as you keep kind of like reinforcing that and being curious about it, right? And this goes for like the work side of it, but also the blog side of it. Like I didn't really we didn't really talk about that yet, but like that I kind of like fell into that on accident too, right? I like started blogging because I didn't really know if I agreed with like corporate culture and I wanted to like find my like outside of work life. And it didn't like, I didn't know overnight that I was gonna be like travel expert, like specializing in the intersection of work and travel for women. That didn't happen like right away. I had to really understand like kind of like what my unique voice was and how I could help people. And it took me like three years and almost deleting my entire blog to figure that out, you know? Yeah, no. Oh my gosh. I, I love the the part where you're like almost deleting my entire blog because don't we all have those moments where we're like, I just want to get rid of this. I just want to quit. I just want to burn it all down because like, yeah, what am I even doing? <laughs> yeah, that happened 13 months in. I was like, what What am I doing with my life? Why am I paying like $9.99 a year for this domain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that brings us to like a really good segue into the solo traveling part of this episode. So you took your first solo trip your sophomore year of college. I would love to know where you went and what prompted that decision for you to take that first trip. Yeah, so it's interesting because this is another example of something that I didn't realize was going to help define like my later journey, right? Um, so my first solo trip, I was already in Europe. I was studying abroad like so many of us do when we're in college um, in Florence, Italy. And about a month in, you know, I started traveling on the weekends with friends that I was meeting along the way. And then by like the middle of the semester, I thought to myself, wow, I am so close to so many things. And I grew up in Hawaii. So I grew up like, there was nothing. You couldn't throw a rock in any direction and hit land. Like, I, I didn't even know, like, what it was like to drive a car more than two hours in one direction. 
okay. Um, and so I, you know, I study abroad in Italy and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 45 minutes to Ibiza or an hour to Athens or an hour and a half to Portugal. And so I was traveling with all of these friends. And then like slowly as the semester progressed, it was like less people were like going or like people had friends that were starting to visit. And I was like, I'm not done. You know, I, I have so much more I want to see. And so I booked a, like a, it was actually my first kind of like group trip, but I didn't know anyone else that was going. It was like one of those college travel companies um, to go on a surfing trip to Portugal. I don't surf. I've never been to Portugal, but I was just in this yes era. It was interesting because I, you know, first of all, I said yes to that. The day before I was walking home to my apartment in Florence and it was my first experience traveling where I almost got mugged that night before that night before um it was like it was a mess i was like walking home with a guy that liked me and i didn't like him and we got in an argument and he <laughs> he walked like back to his place i walked to mine and like in those 0.2 seconds that happened and uh i was so mad like at the universe for being like i can't walk 0.2 seconds to get back to my apartment but i think in that i almost felt like going to portugal was like claiming it back you know, rather than being afraid of it. I remember being on that flight and being like really terrified, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to pull this off because people are not going to tell me like that I can't, you know, and it was only four days in, in Portugal, but I think that it really kind of stuck with me. And I, I didn't, uh, I didn't revisit that part of myself for several years after, but it was, it was, you know, my first solo trip and a really kind of defining moment and like me just saying yes and going for it and seeing what happens. Yeah. So would you say that a huge part of your, I guess, like getting over some of the fears and hesitations around solo travel was really rooted in that, like almost like I'm going to show them, like I almost, again, reclaiming your power, but sort of like wanting to prove to not only yourself, but in some ways the world that you are strong, you are independent, you could do this thing. Yeah, I think it was born out of that. But I think it was also really born out of just like naivete. You oh, know? I like, love that. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. You know, I mean, I don't know about your first, you know, your first kind of experience like that. But like, for me, I, I didn't really know what I was doing or not doing. I wasn't trying to claim some new thing. I was just like, none of my friends are going like this sounds great. And I am going to say yes to that and claim that. The, the incident that happened the night before, I obviously couldn't plan for that, but it kind of fueled me to really see it through as soon as I got on the plane the next day, which by the way, is still the most turbulence I've ever felt in my life. And I was like holding onto the armrests, like, what am I doing? My parents don't know about last night. My parents don't know about this trip. Like, am I nuts? And, um, um, you know, I think naivete um, is like, it sounds so silly, but sometimes it allows you to do things that you don't expect that you're capable of doing. It's like, it's an asset. No, yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, there's something about like, people will describe people who are very young as like, oh, you're so naive, you're so young, like, you'll grow old and wise and you'll learn. But I think there's a beauty in not knowing what you don't know. Because I think when we do grow older, and we have a lot of these experiences where we've learned from, in some ways, it's good, right? Because we, we've learned from certain things. But in some ways, we begin to overthink our future experiences, because we're like, 
oh my God, what if this happens? Because this happened before. What if that happens? Because I've seen this. And it's like, it stops a lot of us from trying new things or doing you know, new things, having new experiences because we're so afraid or we feel like we know so much <laughs> and we don't embrace like, you know, the, um, the naive kind of innocence of being young. So I completely agree. I think it is in many ways an asset. Like you hear about people who, you know, start companies and they're like, I didn't know that I was going to face all these challenges. And, and because they didn't know, they were so eager to dive in and work hard and do the thing because they were like, I'm going to, I'm going to have this successful company. That's it. They weren't thinking about the challenges. They weren't thinking about all of the different hurdles you have to face to do that thing. They were just thinking about, I want this dream. I want this goal accomplished and I'm going to do it. So I feel like that is a very um, amazing asset. <laughs> I think that description is, yeah. is incredibly accurate. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because I actually had to relearn it as I got older and wiser and all of the things, you know, I didn't, I didn't travel solo for like many years after studying abroad and graduating because I just went right into like the working world. I, I got my full-time job when I was a junior in college. Like I went into it as soon as I got back from studying abroad. A couple years after that, I remember starting to go on work trips for my for my company at the time. And like I would take a day before we knew that the term leisure would be a thing, business and leisure travel. I would take a day here in St. Louis or Austin or Grand Rapids, right? And then I would take another. And then the next thing I knew, I was booking five days, like separate from my family on a family trip. And I found myself driving on the opposite side of the road in Tasmania, still not knowing what I was doing, but like feeling, feeling finally, like years and years later, like, oh shoot, I really like this aspect of myself. Right. And like the rest was kind of history from like driving on the other side of the road. That was my like re-entry <laughs> into solo travel face first. Yeah, no, I love that. And would you say that part of, I guess, like building back up that naivete and that desire to just jump in head first, like, was it built through, again, those small steps that you just mentioned? So like the one day here, um, right before the work trip starts and kind of allowing yourself to explore or going a little bit earlier, staying a, bit, a little bit later after like a family trip and allowing yourself that time. It, are those some of the steps that you took to sort of build up that confidence to travel solo again? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, doing those little sort of like dipping my toe back in um, just reminded me of what I liked about myself when I was solo traveling. Um, so the work trips, like adding that half day, adding that day, that was really helpful for me. And, um, you know, planning my own, making my own schedule, which I love doing things on my own terms. Um, Going to Tasmania, which is where I was when I extended my family trip, um, was I wanted to go really, really far away from anything that I've ever known and just like be with myself for five days and see what that's like. You know, I rented a car, never having dr driven on the other side of the road. Um, I like stayed in everything from a hostel to like a luxury accommodation that I wouldn't have been able to afford at that stage in my career if it wasn't for my blog. They gave me a media rate. It was kind of cool. Um, and uh, I just kind of like, I just kind of like sat with that for five days and I came home really feeling like I had given myself something really special. And like, I think after that, of course, I love traveling with people. I love traveling with my partner. Um, but I will still go if no one else goes with me. And that's kind of stuck with me since college. You know, it's it's my life and I'm, I'm going to say yes when I can. 
And I, everyone should do the same, right? About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. You know, when we talk about solo travel, especially solo traveling as a woman, there is that conversation or that part of the conversation that really revolves around the safety aspect. And I think that is oftentimes a big thing that stops a lot of women from traveling. So, I mean, I know it stopped me, like the fears of, you know, even like we just talked about, like the mugging or what happens when you're in a a different country where you don't speak that language and you don't, you know, know how to read the signs. You don't know how to drive on the roads. So what are some of your favorite, like maybe resources or I guess understandings about the safety part of the conversation that's helped you when it comes to, I guess, becoming more comfortable solo traveling? I'm going to say this knowing that I have an article on my blog that also says, what do you need to know for safety for solo traveling, right? You can read all of those articles, mine included, shout out. Um, but, you know, you can you can read everything about keeping your phone in a secure place, spreading out your credit cards, like sharing your location with your family, which I always still do. And you can do all of those things. I think a lot of it also comes with just really being smart about the way that you book things, the way that you plan things. As a woman, like for better or worse, like I do kind of, I I plan more ahead than I know my friends that are men that solo travel do, right? Um, I read all of the reviews about the hostel I'm staying in or the Airbnb. Um, I ask ahead of time if there are locks on like the gate, right? Like I'm doing that work ahead of time just to make sure that I have peace of mind. Um, and planning out, like, how do I get from the airport to this place? Like, what should I do? Should I book a a ride ahead of time because I'm arriving late? I'll do all of that work ahead of time, right? And then when I'm there, 
what I like to do is I always go for a group experience. I love to meet local people. I love to meet other people that are traveling and build up that network when I'm there. So an Airbnb experience, a cooking class, a walking tour, like that is my jam. And I always try to do that on day one or two of being in a new place. Um, it makes me feel like I've got something like a hook, an anchor. You know what I mean? Um, and that and that kind of grounds me in that. And then from there, you know, I think a lot of the same safety rules apply as if you were in a big city in the US, right? Don't be don't be dumb. Keep an eye on your belongings. Make sure you know how to get home. <laughs> and and I think you know, it sounds so scary to be on the other side of the world, but a lot of the time it's just using the same judgment that you would use in your own country. Um and then taking a couple extra steps to share your location and research your your accommodation and things like that. But for me, like, I'll treat it like if I was running around New York, anywhere I go. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And I love the tip about the Airbnb experiences. I've seen those. I've never tried them. I've never done them. But I do love like, oh my an gosh, experience they're, type of thing. They're so good. They're so good. Yeah, they are. Because sometimes if you book a walking tour, this happened to me in Panama, which was my last solo trip a couple months ago. Um, I booked a walking tour to get acquainted with the area um, the day after I landed. And that tour guide ended up being my guy. I would message him on Airbnb and I'd be like, hey, like, is the airport really busy? Like how far in advance do you think I should go? Or hey, do you know if this park is open on Sundays? I can't tell from their website. He called and asked for me. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, love it, going and above and beyond. <laughs> going above and beyond for like a $25 walking tour. Okay, oh I'm not gosh. saying that everyone will do that. But like Airbnb experiences and like the you know any local experience like those are real people and like great great connections and like it makes you feel a little bit more like dignified and like safe being there right even if they don't do anything like that it just makes you feel like okay I've got someone I've connected with someone and that really takes a lot of the edge off of like arriving somewhere scary right. No, I totally agree and you know I was just thinking too I'm thinking for the people who maybe like you know they're taking their many steps towards solo traveling and maybe one of those things even involves like solo traveling in their own city because i know there are people that even struggle with like that like how do i do things by myself in my own city and like that sounds like a fun way to get in an experience like explore like get to know because even when i lived in boston for literally most of my life like there were places people would mention i'm like I've never been there before. It's like there's so many different places in your own city or state that you can explore and go to. And I think that's a great way of like working your way up to maybe going to visit like the state next door or going to visit yes. like the country next door yes, or something yes, yes. like that. Yeah, I always I always tell people I'm like, if you haven't solo traveled before and you're wondering where to start, like take yourself out to dinner. Yeah. See how that feels. <laughs> see if you like yourself. <laughs> oh my god, no, please, please enjoy. <laughs> time with yourself <laughs> yes first. see if see if you like that and like it's always there's always going to be i think a lot of the anxiety too is not just oh my gosh i'm going to be in a scary place but like i'm going to be my by myself what if i get lonely what if i feel fomo because i'm at this like amazing beach and everyone's got friends or couples you know and like how do i handle that um that's scary 
So I think kind of like taking yourself out to a restaurant, taking yourself out to a coffee shop, having your like me time and sitting in that and feeling being comfortable with that. I love taking a book to a bar. If I don't strike up a conversation with someone, I'm reading. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I no longer care, you know. Um, but it took me a little while to be like, yeah, I am going to read my Kindle at 9 p.m. and sip this, you know, gin and tonic. Thank you. Because who cares? Like, as long as you're having fun, I mean, who cares? I'm sure the book is amazing anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Always, sometimes it's better than the conversations I would have had. So. Yes, seriously. But are there any countries or places you'd recommend for someone who's like maybe a beginner solo traveler? So, you know, maybe they've done the explore their city state thing and they're like, okay, I want to go somewhere. Like, and maybe if we're talking about people who are um, U.S. Bat or U.S. listeners who are tuning in who want to go somewhere else, like where would you recommend? This is such a hard question and I'm going to be biased <laughs> because I don't think there's a, a right answer, but I think there are some interesting places to start. And one of those I'd say would be, you know, kind of looking to where those solo travel communities or hubs kind of are. Um, because there are really fun places to be if you're young and getting getting kind of into solo travel and your goal is to meet other people so that maybe in the future you're not solo traveling, right? Um, so I love, I love going uh, to Mexico. I love going to, uh, my first big solo trip was Australia, right? Going to Tasmania when my family was there. Um, I also love like the Philippines. I love Panama. And the reason I mention these four places is because there is a community there of like solo travelers, backpackers, people that are taking career breaks. And I didn't even know a career break existed until now. Right. And like, those are really interesting people to meet in addition to local people. Right. Because you can learn a lot from where they're going next or where they, you know, where they just came from. And sometimes I know people that don't even know where they'll be in three weeks and they just kind of like ride the wave of asking around. And so you get a lot of, you get a lot of really interesting feedback that way. Um, so yeah, I don't really have a set answer. I will say that my, my first big solo trip after Portugal was Tasmania and my favorite solo trip since then was Panama and Mexico. And I'm a Latin America, like Central America, like lover. So I'm like, I'm always down there for solo travel. It's easy for my time zone. It's a quick flight to get to. Um, and I always kind of gravitate towards those communities um, because I love meeting new people in hostels. I'll still stay at a hostel. You know, I, I love the community of a hostel. Um, and I love joining those tours, like I said. So finding that and starting there and then getting like more adventurous from that, like maybe you go somewhere completely off the beaten path, like you're backpacking or whatever and like meeting people along the way. It, in baby steps, you get more comfortable with doing things like that. But it's, it's nice to have a community even as a solo traveler when you're somewhere else. Yeah, no, and I think that's an amazing uh, tip. So thank you for the list. And also thank you for the tips, especially as it relates to community, because going back to what we were saying earlier, you know, a big part of that fear around solo travel can be the, the what do I do when I'm kind of there by myself and everyone around me is like, what's someone or, you know, maybe you're an extrovert and like the thought of being a 
you know, in a situation where you maybe don't have as many people to connect and chat with is like really scary, but it's like knowing that you can build that community, even in a place where technically you came and you don't know anyone. I think that is amazing. I I would love to segue into the workcation conversation because you mentioned career and like a career break. But before we like get into those questions, what is a workcation? Ooh, yeah. So a workcation is literally a hybrid situation between working and traveling without taking time off. Um, so I think some people interpret it like kind of what I said earlier, like adding time on to a business trip. I think in in today's understanding of what a workcation is, it's really just changing up your scenery without uh, or, and bringing your laptop, right? So even if that's like going to another like city in your own state or going halfway across the world, like if you're not taking time off, that's a workcation. Okay, amazing. And clearly it's very, um, I think it's like a perfect time for us to kind of talk about workations and think about them now, especially that we've seen a lot more people go remote with work or at least have access to like hybrid situations where they can be like, okay, maybe I'll go into the office for like the first two days of the week. And then the last three days of the week, I get to work from home. So what are some of the first steps that someone should take if they want to plan their first workation and they kind of want to be smart about it? Yeah, the first, very, very first step, I'd say, is to assess the possibilities based on your own company and your own career. You have to know what your what your company or what your career allows, right? I think that's really important. Obviously, sometimes there's gray area, and the gray area is a fun place to live in. Um, but I think some companies have very, very strong policies still on taking your work on the road. Um, so understanding that maybe your company is fine with you working from New York for a week, but maybe not so fine with you working from Chile, right? Know that because you're using company laptops, company materials, like they're going to know where you are. So assessing those possibilities, if you have a great relationship with your boss or a trusted peer at work, maybe exploring what that might look like or doing a trial run could be an interesting way to go. Um, in my case, my boss and I have a really good relationship, um, when it comes to this, but it didn't, it took me a while to, to get there and work my way up to having a, a boss with that relationship. Um, so I would start there seeing what's possible. Workcations can be amazing when they're in your own country. Like some of my favorite domestic workcations have been like outside of the national parks in Southern Utah. And so it can, it can be more than just being a backpacker in the Philippines. And then after that, like doing your research, this is more than a solo trip. You need to do your due diligence ahead of time. I don't know why that word was hard to say, diligence. Um, and look up your accommodation. What is the Wi-Fi situation really? Because every hotel says they have Wi-Fi, but that's a wide range of whether or not it's gonna be good Wi-Fi or like, or like your page is gonna load tomorrow, right? And call the hotel if you if you need that answer because that they, like it's important or like i like to read reviews on airbnbs and see if anyone has written about the wi-fi internet working all of those key terms i search for to see if there is uh, justification there or i might book like a co-living or hostel situation that's made for remote workers so that i know that i have a wi-fi situation i can rely on and then i have a backup plan 
if I have Airbnb Wi-Fi, but one day my Airbnb is not working or they lied and my Airbnb Wi-Fi sucks, um, I know that I have a coffee shop down the street or I know there's a co-working location, you know, downtown that I can take an Uber to. Have backup plans because they come in handy when you have a meeting in an hour and a half and your Wi-Fi is not good. Also, like time zones are really important and not just understanding time zones. Like I know like if we're if I'm in the Caribbean and I'm working Los Angeles time, which is where I'm based, that's an easy conversion. I think we all know that time, like working in your own time zone can be important. But when I say that, I mean using time zones to your benefit. So I know that I'm a night owl. I have social FOMO. I like to go out to dinner. I like to go out to like a bar with new friends. And so working from Europe is harder for me because that means I have to work from 6 p.m. to like one or two in the morning. I'm a night owl, I can do it, but I have social FOMO and that's gonna be really hard for me and I know because I've done it. So I actually thrive going to the Caribbean, going to Central America, going to South America, because that's central time zone for the most part. And I love my mornings. I love being able to start the workday at 12. It gives me enough time to go to yoga, to like go on a walking tour and so I know that I know what time zones really, really allow me to thrive and which ones are going to be more of a challenge. And so like knowing that, because keeping a schedule is so important when you're traveling like this. Um, so those, I think, are my three or four like big, big tips that people don't always consider when they're trying to do a workation. Yeah. And I think those are huge tips, especially the piece with like the time zone and, you know, considering if you have to like be online at a certain time, or if you know that you have certain standing meetings that are always at a certain time. And then all of a sudden you're in like a completely different place where now you're, you're like Friday calls at 3 a.m. <laughs> where you're going to be. So it's like having to consider that. And then, you know, maybe having conversations with like either your boss, or your coworkers about, whether that can be missed or whether it can be shifted if you if it needs to be. So I think those are all really important conversations, but even just the idea of like being able to go somewhere else and still work, not have to take as much PTO or any PTO, but still being able to experience a different place. I think that's like a really cool, I guess, like era that we're living in right now where that's become more of a possibility and not just a possibility, but it's become really accepted. Like I've been seeing more of those places that you kind of described where they're catered to people who are doing like workations where it's like come here like we have the desk set up and we have the really fast wi-fi we have like all of these things for the people that are wanting to pop in for a couple of days and work from here so i love that that's a thing About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, 
and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you wanna take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Um, at one point, you and your partner, y'all left your apartment behind, right? And you went on like travel, vacation, life. Is that still happening? And if so, can you tell us, like, is this ongoing? What went into that decision? And, like, how did y'all even go about, I guess, organizing the logistics behind leaving a permanent home behind and going on the road full time? Yeah, so a couple of different things. Like, by 2019, like, right before the pandem- the pandemic started, um, that was when I, um, you know, was solo traveling more and more. My blog was picking up more and more. Um, I was starting to go on more press trips. I was starting to work with more clients. And I was really honing in on this idea of the intersection of work and travel and what that means for women specifically. I think there's more pressure like back before COVID for like a woman to be in the office and like be visible and be like loud about raising your hand. And I was like, okay, but that doesn't mean that you should feel guilty for taking time off. There were parts in my career that I like definitely was made to feel guilty for taking time off, by the way, Um, which I'm talking about next week in Puerto Rico at our conference. Um, But so I had this kind of fuel in me of, of wanting to throw myself into new situations and like destigmatize them and then like share that with other people and so i had this idea that was percolating in 2020 about working remotely and then COVID happened right and then we hunkered down um and kind of reset and towards the end of the year when things started slowly slowly opening up in like mexico and maybe like some parts of uh, some other parts of central america were like slowly starting to open up again um we did our first mini like workcation together, uh, my partner Jacob and I did. And that really stuck with me. I was like, this is easier than I expected it to be, you know, working internationally from somewhere. Um, I could do this for a longer period of time. And if my company doesn't go back to being in the office Monday through Friday, why don't we try this out a little bit more? And so we kind of hold on to that thought and uh, our lease was coming up to uh to expire in i think april of the following year in 2021 and we said if we don't jump at this we're just going to get sucked back into you know the apartment and the commute and the um just the 
the churn of life. And then the next thing we know, like people are going to be, you know, getting married and like having kids and like we, the timing was so good. And so we said, okay, like screw it. We're not renewing our lease. We loved our apartment so much. I still miss it. Um, it had big windows. It was a corner apartment right in downtown Long Beach. Um, I still think of her fondly um, because we designed it all ourselves. We picked all of the furniture together. Um, but we said, you know, if we don't do this and take this as a sign, it's not going to happen because you know how easy it is to fall back into that rhythm, right? And so in april of 2021 we like got rid of our stuff um we found a really interesting situation where um a family relative is, was living in a big house in la with two spare bedrooms and he allowed us to move our the stuff that we kept we got rid of a lot of stuff um and move it into those bedrooms and like that's kind of been our our base for the last two years um but by doing that, by him allowing us, like, and, and us having, like, the the fortune of just having his generosity and, like, helping us out in that move, um, we literally dropped our boxes off at his house, and we got in our car, and we drove to Utah and did that first workation in Utah. And so we were going to the, the Mighty Five National Parks and working from Airbnbs and cabins. Um, and there were a couple of days that we camped and I had to take PTO because, you know, um, camping, no Wi-Fi. Uh, but like, we just kind of like literally dropped our stuff off and we're like whisked into it. We went from Utah to Colorado, to the Caribbean, to Hawaii, Lebanon, and the Czech Republic all in that first year. And I work in a client facing role. So even though I'm fully remote, in between all of those trips, I was coming back to LA, I was visiting my clients, I was making sure I was still doing that work. But we were just like, just throwing ourselves into it and going for it. And so now we're on month 25. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, congrats, because hello, anniversary just happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually speaking of we literally started this like crazy journey, like on our anniversary anniversary. Um, oh, wow. So, <laughs> it's like a work a never ending workation anniversary and our anniversary. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about what happens next. Um, but I also am very focused on what's happening now. And as long as we have the opportunity to like, we're still exploring what this looks like for us even though we do come back to la often after puerto rico we're going to mexico and then we're going to cuba and we're you know we're just saying yes to all of the things because we know we love decorating a house and we know we want one but in the meantime we're gonna take advantage of this while we can and so we're on month 25 and uh it has been so amazing as amazing as it has been stressful um, obviously having a home base is so good for your mental sanity, uh, <laughs> but it's been, it's been really rewarding and it's been a new challenge that I didn't expect myself to take on. People call me the workation queen now. Like I didn't know that was a thing. Well, you know? it is now you've made it a thing. It's a thing now. Hashtag workation queen. Um, and I love it. I, I found those communities and those places, like you said, that are welcoming in like uh, digital nomads and remote workers. And there are so many more resources for it than before. 
You know, there are even group trips you can book that guarantee you good Wi-Fi and a community of other people that are salespeople or marketers or engineers like you that want to like work from the beach for a month. All that exists now and it didn't exist before and it's never been easier to sort of foray into it. I didn't know that going into this two years ago, but now it's like the workplace flexibility when you when your career allows for it is astounding. No, absolutely. And I think, again, it's just something to be so incredibly grateful for, like if you have that opportunity. And I think that exactly what you talked about, like y'all just taking advantage of the timing of it, because like you said, there's going to be a, a time in a you know day when you have that home base. And like, you know, if you're planning to have kids, like perhaps you have kids, or even if your your family members have kids, and you want to be around your nieces and nephews or whatever the case is, where you might want to have a place where you're pretty much there most of the time. So it's like, why not take advantage of this time right now where you have that flexibility and you have the ability to travel and do the workations. I'm really curious about, I guess, like the financial aspect of it. And I think you have a unique situation where, you know, you're not paying like, I'm assuming like the full-time rent and the utilities and all the things of having that like apartment home base. So is that, you know, I guess like what allows you to book the flights and travel and do all the things. But when you were trying this out and still had the apartment base, I guess, how did that work for you? Did you have like a specific budget set for, um, you know, flights or was it just because you were adding trips or days on to already existing trips? Like the budget was already created for the workations. Yeah. When we started, when we did that little like test month in New Mexico, um, you know, we were paying rent for our apartment at that time. So we were essentially doubling up right with our expenses for the month um we had we had the excess money to do it at that point because it was you know 2020 and we hadn't gone anywhere for about eight months right so we had a lot of like residual like entertainment spending that like hadn't happened um and so we kind of went for it and we um even though it meant we were spending more than we were used to at least for the month um and that's hard you know i i understand that like it costs a lot of money to pay rent, especially in Los Angeles, and go for something like that. I have friends that sublet their apartments, you know, when they do things like that. So that's one avenue if your if your building allows you to do that. For us, it just meant like putting putting down a little bit more on our credit cards and then paying that off after for the experience of trying something and getting out of our house for the first time in eight months, right? Um, when we moved out of our apartment, I was ready to get rid of all of our stuff and or like pay for a storage unit right um i was ready to do that it was it was last minute good luck and i'm super super grateful for the privilege to have family in la on jacob's side that we were able to move our stuff into um but we were we were pretty ready to to you know just pay for a storage unit about 100 200 a month and then spend all of the money that we would have spent on rent on traveling so since we were able to move our stuff into his house, essentially, um, our our budget was around like what we were cumulatively paying for rent on travel. And when you're booking something long term, like an Airbnb or like a co-working hostel, um, you'll find that that expense is like pretty apples to apples, depending on where you live. Um, you can find places that that are generally pretty affordable on a month to month basis, especially now. And then when you're living somewhere for a couple weeks, like you're spending less day to day than when you're there for five days on a vacation, 
you know, because you're not going to the restaurant every night and doing the activity every day. I buy groceries every country I go to, you know, I cook my own lunch when I'm working from for my nine to five, like the expenses kind of go down and get spread out a little bit more when you're traveling longer term. So that's helpful. But I think like being kind of realistic and saying, okay, this was how much I was spending on rent. This feels like a healthy budget to maintain. And then after that, setting up your finances, if you have a salary job, uh, so that you are like making the most out of it and saving. So right now I've got like the automatic, you know, uh, contributions to my 401k. I've got the automatic contributions to my high yield savings account. I set that all up ahead of time and locked that away so that I'm not spending more than that, no matter where I'm going. Um, So that's kind of how I set it up financially. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think that's like a really good way of looking at it as well is that if you're doing these things and booking in advance, booking long term, again, you tend, you can find ways to save money or at least like have that equal comparison between like what you're paying for living at home or living in an apartment somewhere versus living in an Airbnb or a hostel for a longer term time. So Rachel, before we wrap up our conversation, I would love to just know how traveling, working full-time, traveling solo, just traveling in general, like how that's changed your life. And then we can kind of wrap up and hear where you're heading next and what you're manifesting for 2023. Yeah. So I think when it comes to like solo traveling or workcationing or any of that, like I love the person that I get to meet when I put myself in situations that are unfamiliar to me, right? Because I don't really believe that like any of us are just one person, one version, right? Like we know who we are when we're at home in Dallas or at home in Los Angeles. That's like one great aspect of ourselves. But I love being the person that is like working remotely from Panama and going salsa dancing on a Tuesday with strangers. I love the per I love the person that is like walking to a Spanish lesson in Mexico before a client call I have at noon. I love like the the feeling of stepping out of my comfort zone and learning a new rhythm and discovering something new about me. And I think that you can do that at home. You absolutely can. But there's something about kind of like peeling back the onion and changing up your scenery um, that really just kind of rewires your brain a little bit into saying, well, what else is out there? What else am I interested in? Um, And it happens for me when I travel. And so I like this idea of like meeting new versions of myself and like meeting or like, you know, unfolding new like pages. And so for me, that's kind of why I do it. I think a lot of my friends still to this day, even though like they love me dearly, like think I'm nuts because my friends are buying houses and they're talking about having children and they're getting married. And I love that for them. And I want, you know, I want to start thinking about those things when my timing is right. But right now I love meeting myself and I'm not really done with that. And I don't think I ever will be, but I think travel is one of the like easy ways to meet new versions of yourself and to prove to yourself that you can do it. Like when you work from somewhere new and you pull off that client meeting and there's like palm trees outside and the Wi-Fi was down an hour ago, but you pulled it off like chaos, but a great feeling when it's done. And uh, yeah, I think I think for me, it's like really about the mental challenge and the reward of of being in new situations and allowing myself to be a little uncomfortable because like, 
cliche or not, like that's kind of where I like see like where I grow and what else I like to do and what I want to revisit about myself. So yeah, I think I think that's what it that's what it really is for me. Completely agree with you. We're not just like one version of ourselves. Like we we have these amazing multitude of versions of ourselves that we can showcase at any given point in time. And we see that come through in different uh, experiences and different situations. So I love that travel like brings out that part of you that you just love to see. But I would love to know where we can find you online, where we can follow along in your journey. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And then also what are some things you're looking forward to manifesting in 2023? Okay, so the first part, um, you can find me online um, on racheloffduty.com. That is my blog. It is for ambitious women who want to live more adventurous lives. Um, and it has a multitude of, you know, destination guides, but also uh, guidance on like how to think about your career, how to ask for more paid time off, how to talk to your boss, how to find the tools for workcations. All of that information is in the blog. Um, you can also find me on all the channels uh, at Rachel Off Duty. Uh, so Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook. Um, and uh, you can find the this information and a community like this that is slowly growing on Facebook. Uh, just started a Facebook group uh, this year called the Off Duty Crew for women who work and travel. So if you are a woman who works and travels and is trying to figure out how to do all of the things, that community is for you. Um, and we're going to start like really ramping that up in the coming months. So it's an exciting new journey um, that I want to cultivate so that people know that they're not alone in this. And like, you don't have to like live by the corporate, like whatever, you know, like you can kind of figure out a path that works for you. So that's that. That's the off the off duty crew for women who work and travel. Um, your second question, what are you manifesting? Yeah, what are you looking forward to manifesting this year? Oh, so many things. Um, one of them just happened. I was manifesting taking my parents on a on a retirement trip to really like celebrate the two of them ha having just retired. I asked my parents to pick a country and they chose Norway a couple years ago. And we finally, I just got back five days ago from that trip. And that was huge. Yeah, I saved up like, you know, from like working and like saved up over the last couple of years. Norway is not cheap. Um, so that was that was really special. And I was really, you know, manifesting that over the last few years for them because of all they've done for me, all of their like crazy support, all the crazy things that I do. Other things I'm manifesting for the year, I am manifesting hiring a team. I am sending out the offers this Friday. It's happening. Uh, and it's something that I've been wanting to happen for years. So we're hiring a couple people for Rachel Off Duty, which is going to be a huge help as my nine to five career also picks up. And I think after that, I'm just like manifesting, making sure that I focus in the midst of all of this on trying new things and exploring passions outside of work. You know, I sit in my work and my blog so much because I love what I do, but I feel like sometimes my hobbies get lost along the way. So next month I am uh, signing myself to try free diving and uh, we're gonna give it a go. And I may like it, I may hate it, but I'm going to try it and see what happens because that's that's going to be my summer, my summer of trying new things. 
First of all, congrats on taking your parents on that trip. I think that's absolutely beautiful. I love to hear that, especially because that was like something building over time and something that meant a lot to both you and your parents. And also congrats on hiring the team, bringing on team members to just grow everything that you're doing with Virtual Off Duty. Super excited for you. And yeah, this has been absolutely amazing. I feel like you dropped so many different like good gems about solo traveling, workations, all that good stuff in this call. And yeah, I'm super grateful that we had a chance to connect. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And we will celebrate with a pina colada next week in Puerto Rico. Or a couple. <laughs> or a couple, not opposed. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.